sterling international break for Raheem, but is he FPL value? It is the FPL Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Straight off the international break week, a.k.a. the UEFA Nations League, which we all know really is just a fancy badge for uh, more friendlies and really breaking up our FPL season. Ultimately, as FPL managers, we don't care unless you own Mohamed Salah, in which case you're pretty angry right now. (laughs) Episode 106 coming to you on the 16th of October 2018. Welcoming back, first of all, the Iceman. Thank you very much. And it is good to be back. It's been quite a dragging international break for me. I'm on my wild card, so I've constantly had to think about FPL and I just kind of want to be back at it straight away now. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if you uh, if you made any value over those two weeks, Iceman. Yeah, not really. The value has changed. It used to go up quite a lot in the international break, but not anymore. Yeah. It seems to be just one or two. And I think that all of my other, you know, you've got to get a double rise to actually make anything. I think they're all probably going to come literally on the Saturday. Saturday, which is not going to help. So, yeah, it's uh, been disappointing for for Team Value. It has. What what hasn't been disappointing though, Iceman? We did our first spin-off uh, podcast, Finding Extra Time, uh, looking to try and write, raise awareness for. Uh, mental health within the FPL community and beyond and uh, we've had some really nice feedback haven't we yeah it's been it's been going well it's nice to record it it's good to do something different and all the interactions we've had from that as well we've had a lot of people uh, come out to us and tell us their stories uh, it's been nice to kind of help people yeah absolutely fantastic really valued doing that um, if, if you fancy a listen go onto our Twitter page there's a link there you can also go on to uh, Finding Extra Time on Twitter and, uh, and learn more about the, the podcast. However, this podcast is all about FPL, and uh, we've got fantastic guests on today. Some of you may know him from his var- various kind of media and comedy stints and acting and, and singing. He's a man of multiple talents. Uh, Luke Kempner, welcome on. Hello, hello. N- nice to be here. It's very exciting for me. Uh, I feel a little bit like it feels weird like hearing your voices when I'm so used to just sort of walking around and and you not actually talking to me but now you're actually talking to me it's amazing <laughs> great and I can say likewise I can say that my my wife is a big lover of, uh, of Big Brother which you've ah. had contact over over recent years haven't you Yes, no. So I, I present a, a segment on Big Brother's bit on the side, which is uh, the TV show, which is on after Big Brother that no one watches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wife, I'm glad your wife watches it. So you're, you're, you've had a really interesting career, haven't you? Because um, I suppose that that part of it satisfies my, my wife's interest in the evenings. You you started in Les Mis, didn't you? I did. Yes, yeah. so I was in. I did musical theatre for four years and I was yeah. in Les Mis and Avenue Q and uh, South Pacific for about four years and then I stopped all of that to start doing um, impressions and comedy yeah. and then I sort of went from there and I, I was in a show called Murder and Successful yeah. um, and then I was in a, I've was i just been in a show on ITV called The Imitation Game as well as doing yeah. live Edinburgh and stand-up shows uh, so I'm a, I'm a busy bee and a Kit Kat advert I was the voice of that uh, most yeah. people probably know me for that I imagine <laughs> the claim to fame is, is the Kit Kat. Um, I, I'm just wondering, when, when are you next on tour? I know you, you're sort of setting up your next sort of stand-up. 
Um, so I'm next on tour in the autumn of next year. So it's it's a little while yet. But if you sort of follow me on on all my Twitter and stuff, I'll be yeah. putting up when I'm doing uh, shows and and uh, stand up slots. Excellent. So loads of stuff in the pipeline. I know yeah. you're um, you're a good impressionist. That well, a great impressionist as well. Some of the stuff I've watched. Well, I mean, it's that thing. You know, I'm very much missing Arsene Wenger because oh, yes. uh, it's one of my favorites to do. I must say, but uh, look, maybe he'll come back. I don't know, but uh, we shall see. <laughs> That's that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> as as two ardent Arsenal fans, I think, uh, Iceman, how are you feeling? About I, that? I I couldn't wait for him to do it. To be honest, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, we've got to make him do it at some point. And very much we... for the Iceman's piece. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Should we just end the podcast there? I think we that's, should. That's yeah, that's, I'm, I'm done. I'm happy now. That's me done for the night. Awesome. Um, Oh, where do I go from there? Well, so speaking of which, you know, you've got all your your kind of your career in that sense, but we're really interested in your your love of football. Who who do you actually support? So I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh, amazing! Of course, there's I, so I many. It's like Rob Beckett and Ramesh. Like, it's, there's so many um, comics that are, are big Arsenal fans. It's because they, they they you have to have a sense of com- a sense of humour being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with you. Um, have you ever made it onto Arsenal fan TV? Uh, no, but like when they were all starting out, me and Robbie chatted for uh, loads of ideas, sort of like five years ago now, when it was all starting. So I, yeah. I know I know them a bit, but I've not um I've not gone on to Arsenal fan TV. Oh, Billy, don't tell them that we've been on there. Jesus, people will oh, find it. We have, yeah. It was a long time ago. I was actually a little bit drunk, so. <laughs> <laughs> We we just came out of watching us. It was the first time we've been to the Emirates. We just watched uh, Meet You uh, yeah. destroy us at the oh, end of the game against Swansea. Yeah, no, and he said, "All right, lads, do you want to give your opinion?" And we were like, "Oh, wonderful! What a great time to do!" <laughs> oh no! But yeah, we, we weren't quite as negative as some. But anyway, less about us. Tell us about your interest in FPL. How how long you've been playing the game? How have you done with it over the years? Tell us about it. Uh, well, I've been playing. Um, I've been playing it since the 2011-2012 season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been going uh, a long time, and uh, two years ago I finished six thousandth in the world. Amazing! Um, yeah. The twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Um, last year was about fifty thousand. So it's um, it's it, it's it's okay. Yeah, like uh, I love it. I'm a, I'm a massive fan, and I, and I get very sad when it's not. On, although it's, I think, as some of your listeners have said before, it it's it, the summer is quite nice to have a little break from it because yeah. it does take over uh, all of my brain. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I love it. I love it, and it, it, and you know, it's sort of like if you're not betting on games, which I don't really do, you know, it, it having an interest of seeing how Richarlison's going to do against Brighton um, yeah. is great. It just makes it makes it all interesting, and I, I love it. And I think that FP community is just brilliant there's, there's there's so many of us that are talking about it so many people like you guys and the general and Sid that I follow that people just you know really dedicate themselves to um you know providing con- like Ben Dinnery and that you know people yeah. who just put so much effort into providing content um for the FPL community awesome yeah so I, I didn't realize how involved you were with it all but that's that's awesome to hear you're naming all kind of the big names um generals yeah well, okay, so let's get into talking FPL then. So, first of all, I'd like us just to look at how we got on 
a few weeks back. So, Iceman, do you want to lead us off just by talking about your, your last game week? Yeah, I mean, wasn't too thrilled with it. I scored 68 overall, but looking at how other people have scored, I've gone down in nearly all my leagues, but gone off overall. It's just a weird feeling. I knew that I didn't have Hazard. I knew that I didn't have Kane. I didn't want Kane. So I thought, right, I've got to go for something different. And I'm kind of averse to going for hits, but I thought I need something different. I need to captain them as soon as I bring them in. So I thought, sod it, I'll bring in my Lacazette who's playing against Fulham and I know Fulham are worse for expected goals just you know they're conceding all over the place conceding the most in the league their defence is awful had Ramsey in my team as well uh, so he started on the bench which was bad news from the start I was like oh god this is not going to go well and yeah Lacazette got me those two goals which was ruined by Aubameyang coming on getting two goals and assist so he lost out on that three bonus he only got the two but yeah not, not too bad in the end with the Ramsey uh, golden assist which was I've got to say goal of the season so far what do you reckon on that but yeah not bad game week for me okay so so pretty decent how about you yourself Luke how'd you get on uh okay so uh I took a minus four uh uh, and got rid of Mendy before he was declared fit oh, uh and I took out a Bamiyang uh and bought in a Harry Kane captain Harry Kane uh, and then Aubameyang was starting on the bench I was like that's brilliant oh. and then he came on and scored twice and got an assist and three bonus <laughs> points so I was furious um, I got 63 points if I'd had forgotten to do my team I'd have 25 more points oh. so this is one of the worst weeks I've had even though I ended up doing alright but oh, my mini league I, was, I, I went top of my mini league on the uh, Saturday night um, but then that's before all the Sunday games came in and uh, I'm bottom again <laughs> of the four it's, of us. Yeah. It's very tight. Absolutely heartbreaking, isn't it? The amount of time and effort you put into thinking through that transfer, getting it right, you transfer and you could have been better off. It's just I've, I should have forgotten. Yeah. Some, sometimes we should all just forget a little bit. So. Mm. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I did. I, I got slightly better. I got seventy last week. My big one was captaining Hazard for twenty-eight points. I had a bit of a defensive masterclass. So Robertson, Alonso, Pereira, and per- Patricio in goal. That's what my big point scorers were. Um, and I actually jumped about uh, three hundred thousand places. Obviously, I wasn't doing great, but jumped a huge amount on that score. So catching up. Uh, at this point but yeah generally quite happy and I've made a couple of transfers for this game week which I shall reveal later on so let's talk about our mini league so let's look at the fantasy football surgery pod uh, the FPL surgery podcast I should say which we forced which we forced Luke to join just now so he should be in there although Luke I don't see your name at the bottom of the list you're meant to appear there once you've joined uh, yeah it says I'm it says I'm definitely in although looking at my points I'm going to be nowhere near the top you've got people on what 600 points yeah ridiculous we, we really do right i'm going to go through the top 11 this week and the reason i say that is because uh, a person in 11th place jack moore has gone for a wonderful name he's gone for arthman's uh, arthman's iceman's arthur bliss i'm not really sure what that that is i, I don't understand it what is that what's arthur it's bliss cockney, cockney rhyming slang isn't it oh, i'm going for an arthur bliss 
Oh, I see. Wow. The Iceman's it's a, Arthur Bliss. It's a good job you, we had you on because I saw that and I even posted it to our, our Slack channel. No one else had a clue either. We even looked up the name Arthur Bliss and it's some uh, music composer back in the day. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, nice. Well, it's a good job you came on. Making that. <laughs> Nicely done, Jack Moore. Keep on rising. Uh, we've got Victor Moses' Lawn by Joe Stone. Beautiful. Love that. Trying to Give Up Fanta by Michael Taylor. To be continued in 8th place, Ryan Kutsi. 7th place, not quite as creative. This one's Team Name by Raman Makarau. 6th place, Hummel Malt. I can't say that. Mantle Jar. 5th place, we've got Beardsley's Poch- uh, Pochies. 4th place, Gabby Agbonlahor FC. I imagine that's very injured. Murdo 11 in 3rd place. Being, what was the American pronunciation of an Altovich, Luke? Oh, Arnatovich. Arnatovich, <laughs> uh, by Andrew McKinnon, dropping into second, and Johnny Brosnan in first place, me, myself, and I. Great week for them, 82 points. Yeah, he managed to hold his uh, top spot this week. He also captained Hazard, so that was the key this week, Captain Hazard, wasn't it? It really was, yeah. That was the differential one we were all waiting for, and uh, with the ball draw for Liverpool City... Um, yeah, just allowed a few to move up. So uh, before we get on to the games, I just want to mention a little bit about some of the support we've been getting from the community and telling you a bit about how you can get involved. Um, so as you'll know, we, uh, as part of the podcast, we have a Patreon page um, which you can kind of get involved with uh, to support the podcast, but also there, there's stuff in it for you. So the, the Patreon sort of support, there's, there's different levels of which you can do there, but it consists of monthly prizes, um, we're adding a new feature now called the Surgeon's Wildcard. So each week we'll sort of look to to guess and the Iceman to put together a wildcard team. So it's kind of amalgamating the key players we talk about. So it's easier for you to pick the best ones for your team. The higher tiers of our Patreon support get you into the Slack channel, consists of all the guests that we've had on and, and all of our, our patrons as well. Some of them include uh, Banana Nose Maldonado. So he's got a record of three top 10K finishes. Uh, once even in the 612 he finished Alex Ball in there as well never finished outside the top 60k we've got TC two top 5k finishes and of course the Iceman who's finished 8k and 3.5k and myself Billy I finished in the top 7k before all members in there have talked about how helpful it is each week also the Iceman will record sort of a summary of the best points of the podcast to make things easier and also to update you on any further injuries or conference news after the pod. You can follow us on patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery if you'd like to get involved. All support is gratefully received. It just means we can put more back into the quality of that and doing more with this podcast. So thank you to everyone who's supporting us and everyone who's thought about doing so. Yeah, really appreciating all of our patrons at the moment. The chat in that Slack channel is yeah. just so helpful. All, all those people in there, they've got some really good records and all the chat that goes on in there is just second to none at the moment. It's all peaceful stuff in there as well. So it's, uh, it is, it's it nice is a safe thing. space, mm. a safe space. Right. So um, that aside, let's talk about the fixtures for this game week. So... Saturday, we get a 12.30 kickoff. Chelsea take on Man United. What a way to start the weekend. So, Luke, if we're looking at these two teams, Chelsea having a fantastic season. United just about pulling off the win, showing their, their true colours in the second half in the previous week. What what players do you like in this fixture? Well, I, actually, I, I still think the true colours were in uh, the first half for Man United. Oh. I, I don't... I don't see it changing at all. I, I think I, I think Hazard is still an option even for a 
captain in this fixture. I think those Chelsea players will be well up for it. So I would be looking at Hazard uh, and Alonso, and those are probably the main two that I would pick from the fixture. But I, I genuinely think Hazard's a captain option for this game. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, like, he's bang in form. His numbers are awesome at the moment. He's been involved in more goals than any other player over the last four. His stats at the moment are just off the chart. And, yeah, Chelsea seem to be playing really well. Looking like a good team under Sarri. And United, you just don't know where they're going, really, do you? I mean, I did watch the the whole of the United-Newcastle game. And United, when they turned it on, I did think they looked pretty good. Their second goal was pretty magical. I don't know if you guys watched the game, but God, Marshall, he didn't strike that one, but they put it together really well. But they've just got so much hanging over their heads at the moment. And you can't really advise people to go for any of United players at the moment. But a lot of people do have Shaw. And it's whether people want to move off him. We had uh, Prishant Tawari ask, Luke Shaw replacements. United just can't keep a clean sheet at the moment, which they can't. And it's kind of a case of form versus United have had a lot of clean sheets last season due to De Gea in the team. But I would say just move off. United, until they get their act together, they just don't seem to be the team to go for. And I agree with Luke on this. It's definitely Hazard or Alonso. And I think the Alonso question is one for me. What's your thoughts on Alonso, Luke? A lot of people are looking at moving away due to he's not got attack and return since game week four. I, 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 the trouble is, the trouble is with Alonso is I just think you need to always have him. You know, I, I think he's he, as his value as a defender versus if he was a midfielder, um, which is always mentioned on many podcasts. It is he, you know what is he six point eight? I think he is at the moment. He's seven. Um, now. Oh, he's seven now. So yeah. he's six eight in my team. Um, and and so I think it's uh, I, I think that if you value him as if he was a midfielder, he was he and he'd still be getting enough points for that value so and I, and I think as a defender it's, I think as soon as you get rid of him he'll, you'll get your uh, you'll, you'll be regretting it so I, I think just always have him yeah I, I think I do agree but he, I mean like he has regressed in the last I mean like game week uh, 1 to 4 his penalty area touches are down from game week uh, 5 to 8 you're looking at the main reason because his kind of positions changed a little bit is spending more time in his own half kind of having fewer touches in the opposition half as well he's also receiving the ball less which is which is odd but penalty area touches are down from four per game in the first four game weeks to 1.5 in game week five to eight Chelsea have had some tough games recently so I kind of see it might be down to that because they played Liverpool and West Ham and they do have some easy fixtures coming up after this United game so I can see some clean sheets coming he's also on free kicks and like I say he just drifts up top sometimes and always has that chance of attacking return. I mean, we saw it against England last night when Spain played England. He just drifts up there and managed to get into the box somehow. Go on, Raheem Sterling. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think that's a nice shout on both of those. Um, I just want to add something on Hazard to that. So Hazard is creeping towards a Salah situation. He's now owned by 47.9% of managers. So we're getting to the stage that if you don't have him and he shows up, you're going to fall. Yeah, one of the reasons why I wildcarded. A considerable way. So he's 11.3. I think he will go up again one or two million by the time we get to the weekend. I predict at least another one. He's getting there now. So I think if you're going to get him in, now is the time. He's hot on form. He's looked good since the back end of last season. I think he's he's approaching must-have territory even over the lot. Obviously, Salah being injured. 
if you haven't replaced Salah yet, I think he's the obvious replacement right now. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Can I? I was going to throw in another uh, slightly different option from Chelsea, which people may not have thought about, and I'd accept arguments here. But with that run of fixtures, Iceman, we talked about United next at home. Chelsea are very much able to get a clean sheet there. Burnley away after that. Other than that freak result, haven't been great in front of goal this season. Palace at home, Everton at home. After Spurs away, they have Fulham and Wolves. I think if you're on your wild card, or if you're looking, if you're the sort of person that likes a big club keeper, I actually like the looks of um, Chelsea's keeper. I'm just going to call him Kepper for the sake of not pronouncing his name. He's only owned by 5.2%. And I think if you were moving away from Alonso, but you wanted to keep some consistency in Chelsea defence, he wouldn't be bad as an, uh, as an option. He's kind of moving up. A fair few people have put him in this week. And I just, if, I think if you're on a wild card or looking for a consistent keeper, the way they're playing at the moment at the back, he, he does interest me. My, my argument against that is that Allison and Edison are probably more likely keepers to go for at their prices. Similar price. How much is, um, Kepa? Is he 5.5 as well? He's 5.5. So Edison's up to 5.7. Allison's 5.6. Ah, so just, um, just a little bit che- further up. Yeah. And yeah. So a little bit, a little bit more. I just think if you were looking for something different and you had any doubts about the, the former, he might be an alternate option for the moment, and like I say, he's not as owned. Yeah, I, I do think you've got a good point. I mean, like all, all the all the stats are there for for Chelsea. Uh, I think they're four for expected goals conceded. I was tempted by David Louise as well. He's got over the last four uh, stats to Alonso are fairly similar as well, yeah. uh, and he's cheaper, five point five. So it kind of rolls into the same argument as as you made with, with Kepper. But I do like yeah. a attacking defender, so you know I like the likelihood of clean sheets. As well, so my eyes are always drawn to the player who's got the most shots over the last four as well. And actually, Harry Maguire's got the most shots over the last four Mm. for defenders. But we'll talk about that more when we come to we get to Leicester. Okay, so we talked about Chelsea there, United, um, Iceman. You've touched on Shaw. Before we move on to the next fixture, shall we just take a moment to troll the FPL community as Arsenal fans and suggest Sanchez for banter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get him in there. Uh, I, it was it was sort of frustrating that of, of all the players that was going to score that winner for Man United, it was going to be yeah. Sanchez. Yeah. It's been so enjoyable watching him do nothing. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Mkhitaryan's got more goals and more assists than Sanchez has. Hasn't Monreal scored more goals than Sanchez or something? <laughs> yeah, I think he has, yeah. Since we sold him. But yeah. um, no, I, I I think with the United thing, is like one of you said, you've got to just, one game, you know, is not going to yeah. prove to me that I need to have Man United players in there because you know someone like Martial is I think good value but until he starts doing it consistently there's there's no point and I think Shaw Shaw pulled out the England squad with an injury as, or something anyway so I'd be staying well clear of Man United I, I think that's safe advice yeah definitely um, and like we say with Martial if, if Sanchez gets back in then there's rotation there as well so it's a minefield mm. let's steer clear of United Gentlemen, Bournemouth versus Southampton. We've got a South Coast clash here. Luke, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, the, the form of both teams. Bournemouth, you know, fantastic this season. Saints thought they'd be a bit more solid. Any players in this fixture that you like? Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've got um, I've got Fraser and I've got Wilson. Uh, although since, I mean, Wilson did well in the last game, but actually it, it, I sold King for Wilson and since then King uh, seems to have got more points than Wilson so I think it's a sort of toss up between the two with obviously King takes the penalties um, but I, I understand that Will, um, Wilson's stats are better overall over the past few 
few game weeks. And I think I know Fraser's on a little yellow flag at the moment, but I, I think Fraser's a must-have at that price. Uh, and is it is it Brooks? Yeah, yes. Brooks. Yeah, the guys that scored like two in two. So I think he's worth looking at. I think was he five million. So I, I think it's out of those four really yeah. um, that I would be concentrating on. There's a few others with Stanislas and um, uh, Lewis Cook, but I think that the players that I, I think are, are more guaranteed to be in the team uh, and are already consistently performing. It's Wilson, King, Fraser, and but I, I think Brooks is an interesting one because I doubt he's very highly owned. Um, and I don't know what his underlying yeah. stats are, but I saw he scored two goals, so he'd be, he's someone I'd be looking at. Yeah, his back-to-back goals for Brooks. His, his numbers do look quite good, and at five mil, it could be quite a good option. But you, you need to be aware that kind of Stanislas is coming back, and Stanislas has always been. Uh, I've been a great admirer of Stanislas, and have you? Have you soon, really? As soon as he comes back Luke, in, you then, just hit the buzzword. Then really I, <laughs> oh dear! I, I will love it when uh, when get he gets drill. going. Back in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I will what? love it as soon as he starts playing but I, but I don't think Iceman, he's going to get in the team I, yet Iceman what I want to know from you though so as the FPL community is divided between this King-Wilson debate we go one way one week and then he's taking penalties the other week Wilson's popping up who is the man to go for? It's got to be Wilson. He's got good stats. I did. I am looking at the, the stats between uh, King and Wilson at the moment, and in fact, King's beating him for expected goals for involvement in terms of touches, penalty area touches as well. Yeah, there's quite a lot that King's beaten Wilson on over the last four, which is I was actually quite shocked at. But I still think it's going to be Wilson. He's the main man up top there. Currently, have him in my wildcard team, but I'm not sure whether I'm going to keep him. I think that Fraser's the one, which is as Luke said, the value option. He's Still tick, ticking along, providing good value. Six mil now. He's actually created the most big chances out of any player with eight so far this season. So it would be on the on the Bournemouth attack. I would be uh, on Frazier just to overvalue. And I think the trouble with with Wilson though is that as much as you know Fraser's creating all those chances, Wilson seems to miss quite a lot of those big chances. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I and I really like Wilson ever since he came into the Premier League. So but so he's someone that I've always you know want to have in my team but um but it, it's sort of like you need three big chances to score one yeah yeah i agree with that so luke if we if we go to saints any yes because the one that's been most discussed is, is ings is there anyone else is ings or anyone else in your thinking from them no not really uh you know ings ings yes because of his how cheap he is but i think when you look at players like jimenez and mitrovic uh you know there's players who are similar value who i think will get you more points i mean i've always been a big fan of cedric because over the last few years he's he's provided some good points for me but this season i also i think mark Hughes is a terrible manager you know he he took stoke down and i think you you know he's got every chance he'll take southampton down as well and as an Arsenal fan, you don't like him, do you, surely? No, exactly. I don't think anyone He's does. sparky. Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, I live in Southampton, so I've got all my mates and they absolutely hate him. They can't wait until he leaves. Oh, miserable. Mm. Um, I spent in terms of, so from a Saints perspective, we talked about Ings last week. Now, I'm going to get your opinion on him, but the one that I'm noticing that people are sort of, that are still backing and that a fair few thousand have put him in this week is Hoiberg. Still 4.5 million. I'm, I'm, anticipating this as, as a placeholder for many in midfield. 
possibly still has a little bit of momentum after scoring those few goals earlier in the season. Do you have any sort of strong opinions on him? I mean, a lot of people are looking at him as a 4.5 option. I mean, obviously he's going to be on the bench and he'll probably never get to play. He's just going to be there for emergencies. But I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at other options at that 4.5 mark. But I think it's because he scored those couple of goals. Everyone's all over it because he's got loads of points. It's just kind of, oh, he's got loads of points. He must be, he must be pretty good. But he is playing and he has got the potential to get another goal. But I don't know. I'm not too enamored by it. So what about Ings? Because we we were very much, because I was pro not playing him last week. I know um, you were more keen to have him in still, as, as was David. Uh, has your opinion changed after that last game? I mean, I still I still like Ings in a weird way. He's not been doing he, very well. He is well. being dumped by the FPL community. I'm going to keep using that term. Um, <laughs> and a fair few are transferring him out. They've kind of run out of patience with him. Do, do you think there's better options at 5.7? Uh, yeah, I would say that Raul Jimenez is, is a better option than him. But, I mean, he does get in the, in the positions though. He, he missed a sitter against Chelsea. But, uh, you know, when he's on the ball, he has been a good striker. So I wouldn't absolutely completely put him out of the picture at the moment. With some good fixtures, I reckon Southampton and Ings could do well. But, yeah, they're not in form and nor is he. So yeah, I'd I get rid. Done. Right, okay. I think that's, that's enough said on those two. Let's move on to the glittering spectacle, which is the two informed teams in the league, Cardiff versus Fulham. So let's go. Let's come back to Luke for this one, as uh, Jim spoke last. Luke, is there anyone that we can hope for in this fixture? Are you a Mitrovic fan? You know, what do you think? Well, I think Mitrovic, but also I think Schurler is someone worth looking at. I think his value is, you know, what, what, how much is he? I think he's only like five... 5.9. Yeah, so, you know, it, for, for maybe that's even too expensive for a for a Fulham midfielder, but out of the... Uh, Mitrovic is an obvious one because he has been in great form, but I'm really surprised he didn't score against Arsenal because he quite liked it with the sort of yeah. team that he likes playing against, and I think he did score a hat-trick against us at one point. Schurler <laughs> is a player that I, I think is absolutely quality and is and has been quality in the Premier League beforehand, so I, I think at, if, any, if I was going to pick anyone from Fulham, it would be Schurler, but uh, I, you know, obviously, stay clear of their defence. They're absolutely dog shit at the back. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I and it's a shame really that Kearney hasn't been better because he, yeah. you know, last season he was really good and he, you know, at four point eight. He's a really good value player, and he's someone I started with him in my first team. But unfortunately, he doesn't. He, I don't think he's even going to be starting every game. So, yeah, maybe I'd stay clear of him. Yeah. Man, any comments on this fixture? Well, Cardiff, they're second for the most shots on target uh, this season. Uh, and bottom... How? Uh, second for most shots on target conceded, sorry. Conceded, sorry. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Fulham are bottom, so we should see a few goals in this game. I'm, I'm expecting... I mean, I've been plugging it a few podcasts now, but I'm expecting a Morrison goal here. He is actually top for expected goals involvement. It's just weird. He's not an option. He's 4.9, but he's definitely getting a goal this game. Just, just Who does Morrison play for? He plays for Cardiff. He's a centre-back. Yeah, he's not well-known, but got loads of goals last season. But it is Mitrovic for the one which I would definitely tout here. I wouldn't really look at any of the, the other players. I wouldn't see that many goals from any of them. He's their talisman. Got two goals for Serbia. You know, Fulham aren't bad in attack. They seem to do all right and they seem to score well against smaller teams. And Mitro is actually second overall for shots and top overall for forwards for shots on target. So he's the man to go for here. And I would say that he's an out the dark if you're chasing captain shout. 
I think that the other thing with Mitrovic, Iceman, um, is they've got quite a generous run of fixtures, haven't they? Cardiff away, Bournemouth at home, then they play Huddersfield away, and then they go to Anfield. But for the next three, those thinking of ditching Mitrovic might want to just think about hanging on. Yeah, a lot of people have actually ditched him. He actually went down yeah, I, from I've, I've seven mil. Yeah. Oh, you've, you've ditched him as well, yeah, have you? Yeah, I have. <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, but yeah, he's got some good fixtures, so I can see a load of points here. No, I, I was greedy and wanted Lacazette in, so I, I pulled the plug. But uh, yeah, I think there's a real case to keep him as well. I, I'm quite excited about this next fixture, so I'm going to move us on, chaps. Yep. We've got Man City versus the mighty Burnley. Last season, I might have been a little bit more hopeful for a lower scoring game here. However, Burnley have been a bit more rickety at the back, although Joe Hart's been in, in fairly decent form. City, of course, Raheem Sterling, whether it's off the bench or starting, looks in great form at the moment. I'm looking at him now as potentially bringing him into my team. Iceman, if, if you kick us off on this one, who do you like from City or Burnley? Well, I think I'm going to root through the questions that we had on this one. We had uh, a load of questions based on, on City and just where to go with them. We had Mr. Fish has just put, why is there still no love for Sterling at the moment? Second highest points scorer last year, fourth overall this year, and City with some pretty good fixtures moving forward. So I think we should definitely talk about Sterling. Uh, we had yeah. FPL take the hit has put, should Harry Kane owners do the hokey pokey and turn back to Aguero and Malu Lolo who's been in touch remember Malu Lolo he uh, I do, yeah. used to yeah. have a good relationship with Woodsy he uh, did, he's yes. put uh, should I let Aguero go so that I can spend the cash I really don't think that we should be letting Aguero go at all what are your thoughts on Sterling Luke I think the reason that people are put off is is because he's 11.1 million, where we had the luxury of him being so cheap last year. I think he was what 7.5 or something at the start, and 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 I, I I'm guilty of it as well because I. Was, to go, no, surely you can't spend that much money on Sterling. Yeah. But, you know, compare him to Salah and, and compare him to Mane, who, who are all sort of, you know, like that above 10 million sort of price. If I was playing my wildcard, I think I would really be considering having Sterling in there. And and I think the, the people who are talking about getting rid of Aguero, I've had a lot of people talking about this and saying, oh, you know, maybe we should be moving Aguero out for Kane or move it. Like, always have Aguero in your team like why would you get rid of a player that can score a hat-trick against anybody like I just I, I think it's mad you have th- to have Aguero I think the argument is is that he keeps coming off at 60 minutes and that is more or less everyone's argument at the moment the fact that yeah he's just getting reduced minutes but yeah I'm with you he didn't go away on international so he's well rested he's top for shots over overall and in the last four you know, and City, they're still, they're still on fire. Their expected goals are ridiculous. He is the one which is, is going to get most of their goals. And I can see he's definitely the best captain option this week for me. Aguero. And with that, uh, that argument of him going off after 60 minutes, well, Harry Kane plays 90 minutes, uh, about eight times a week at the moment. And, and, you know, if he's not scoring, if he's not scoring the goals, it doesn't matter how long they play. Like Aguero, I just think, you know, you, you, he has to be, and it had, uh, for the last, five seasons you've just got to have Aguero in your team and I agree I think he's a perfect captain option and probably will be mine this week okay so um we're, yeah so we're looking at Aguero we're saying Sterling Luke can, is there anyone else from City that you're looking at here well I've got Bilver in my team um who's been <laughs> annoyingly disappointing um yeah, over so, the last couple so. of weeks I also yeah. took out Mendy who I now wish I'd I still had <laughs> because I, I expect we're about to see Mendy go back into the form that uh, he had. I, I think Laporte 
is worth looking at a 5.7 because he's starting every game and you know when they're going to be keeping clean sheets to have a 5.7 million pound um city defender there are lots of options and also i think can Hart play is did he sign for or is he on loan still oh god that's a question i think Hart went on loan yeah because obviously that's something to take into consideration because i I agree he has been he's been in really good form oh yeah he did sign for about 3.5 3.5 million. Oh, they got oh right, fine. Okay. Um, so, well, he can play then. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, and Goodmanson is, is someone that I think is, it may, probably not for this fixture, but worth keeping, uh, keeping an eye on because he's, he's been in pretty good form and, and not, uh, not particularly expensive midfielder. Yeah. Agree with that completely. Passes the eye test, Goodmanson. Great delivery. And he's got, mm. you know, we've got all those towering strikers, haven't they? Invokes and, and, and defenders. In the box. And yeah, so there's plenty to deliver too. Mm. Um, the, the good thing as well about City's French players is that none of them can get in the international team this week so Mendy didn't play for France tonight as they dispatched Germany uh, Laporte can't get, get near that uh, centre-back partnership in fact he's got Kurt Zuma and Mamadou Sakho ahead of him so yeah I think we're going to see more minutes for Laporte who's I, I like that shout because he's played consistently this season mm. yeah he's currently in my wildcard team at the moment Laporte they're just so good in defence City but let let me bring it back to the Mendy discussion. Obviously, a lot of people had him at the start of the season because of the numbers that he was receiving, but now Sane's come back in. Is this something that we need to be worried about? And also, they've got the Champions League as well, and they need to win against Shakhtar coming up midweek. Mm. Yeah, is, is this something which, you know, all the Mendy owners, because I, I thought about Mendy on my wildcard, and I thought, well, do I want to be worried every week about whether he's going to play or not. I mean, with Aguero, you can kind of see that, you know, the, the points which you can get from him are just going to outweigh whenever he gets subbed. You're just going to accept it and just deal with it. And he doesn't get rotated very often at the moment. But with Mendy, a, kind of a different feeling on that. What are your thoughts on, on that one? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's, it, the, the trouble is he's been injured. So it's hard to sort of um, weigh up whether he is he is going to start getting rotated. But the first match he was fit, he went straight back into the team. Um, so I think it, you, you've got to look at it over the next two or three games. I think it's interesting bringing up that you know their Champions League is is obviously you know they're not in a great position there. Um, so maybe Pep will be rotating some players. But you know the league is so tight at the moment. Pep no that he needs to win those games um, but the only thing is with Mendy is obviously he's he's been injured so maybe Pep will be a little bit careful at you know just playing him every single game it's it's hard to know I mean Mendy for me was a must have yeah and, I, and I'm just I'm so annoyed that I got rid of him just as I should have waited until I found out that Pep said that he was definitely going to play yeah. I think Mendy is, is a player you should be having in your team and he's vital to the way that, that Pep plays yeah, Pep did say that at the start of the season how well he was in playing in that system. There were some rumours about some falling out between the two, but who who knows with what's going on there? But I don't know. I'm just I'm just a bit wary about it, and I just know that I've got other choices which cemented every week, and he is a great option to have. But just that worry every week is just stopping me a little bit. Right, chaps. Before we move on from City, just a little bit of uh, round the international games from tonight that might support our arguments here so if you're thinking about the issue of Aguero or Jesus for City Jesus played 65 minutes for Brazil against Argentina 
so they've got that long journey back. The other thing is Otamendi also started the back for Argentina, so I think that, that creates even more of a likelihood of of Laporte playing as we talked about. So just a couple of things to factor in from the, the um, international games this week. Yeah, and also Burnley, their stats may have got a little bit better now that you're out of the Europa League, but make of what you can out of this, but Burnley have the most attempted shots conceded over the last four, but only 17 of them have been on target. So Burnley are kind of doing what they did last season and allowing a lot of shots, but very low amount of clear-cut ones. So one for Man City to exploit, which maybe whilst playing at home, where you know City have the highest sex G on the season in their four matches at home so far they've created 19 big chances scoring 13 and the highest of any team in the league at home so they might have KDB back as well David Silva is also well rested because he's not doing internationals we did have uh, another question which I missed Paul Mullins has put is anyone thinking KDB is a viable viable option depending on his fitness so uh, my thoughts on him is that you've, you've got to allow him to come back in you can't I don't think it's worth the risk to bring him back in straight away and you've got to wait until he hits form. What were your thoughts, Billy, on KDB? Well, it didn't feature for Belgians. Again, I was just looking to see if he had any minutes. No, he didn't feature in the Belgium squad. I think largely his role is dependent on what happens with David Silva, who again didn't play against uh, England last night. So, uh, again, he's, he's an absolute luxury player. I, I disagree with the notion that you've got to wait for him to get into form. I just think he's so good, he'll just come back and be good. The question is, will it be this weekend against Burnley? I'm not convinced Pep will want to risk it. I think he's better safe for the Champions League next week. So I would probably go with one of the others for the time being. Yeah, Luke, your, your opinion on that one? I think with KDB, I think it, if, you, if you're playing the draft version of the game, He's someone that you definitely have in because over a season, he's going to, you know, he will always be near the top of, um, you know, the most points of the season, certainly the most assists. But I think that if you're looking at his price at 9.7 and you're comparing with someone like Hazard, who's in, you know, within about a million of each other, and Hazard's, you know, just got way more of a goal threat than Kevin De Bruyne. I love Kevin De Bruyne, but as a, as a fantasy player, like you say, he's a luxury player, and I think you've got to be comparing him against other players of that value, and 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 see who you think you're going to get the most points from. And at the moment, I think it's worth waiting um, before jumping on too early with him. Yeah, I agree. Good shout. Right, Jim, I'm going to move us on to Newcastle versus Brighton. Well, don't spend too long on them. <laughs> right, James, New, Newcastle versus Brighton. So, <laughs> no, I'll go to Luke first. Luke. Um, these two sides, uh, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not particularly interested other than, than the man Glenn Murray and the Iceman uh, will know why. Is there anybody from these two sides you can see that has value this week or moving forward? Well, uh, the only thing is is that Newcastle have had such a horrible start to the season and really difficult fixtures where they've now got a really good run. So, I mean, I wouldn't be clamouring to get their players in now, but I think they're worth keeping an eye on because they have got some players. Is Kennedy, I don't know if he's still injured, but, you know, Ken, but, you know Kennedy at 4.9, Perez 6.1. I think it's worth certainly looking at them in this game because they've got a really good run of fixtures coming up, I think. Um, and, you know, so so a new there could be some Newcastle options after this game, but I wouldn't be bringing them in for this game just in case they're just as crap against all the rubbish teams as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they've, they've not started on Newcastle. Um, I mean, we did have another question on this one. Prashant Tuari has just put Newcastle defenders sound good. Which ones among them? So I thought I'd take a look at the, the stats on this one. They, they haven't looked good so far this season. We know that. 
But uh, a lot of people are looking at the likes of Lascelles and Yedlin, and the stats are showing that Yedlin, 4.5, um, yeah. 77 touches in the final third. So he looks like he's getting forward, created five chances, six crosses. So he probably looks the best option out of them. I know Dummett just come back, and I did look at the Lascelles stats, and they're not looking great. Only one created chance, four headed goal attempts and five shots on goal for the whole season. So, yeah, not great from him. So, I mean, I, I kind of thinking maybe that Benitez is going to pull it round. So, maybe Yedlin could be an option here. But... Yeah, I agree with that. But listen, their, their, fi- their fixtures coming up now are Brighton at home, Southampton away, Watford at home, Bournemouth at home, that's a tough fixture, Burnley away, West Ham at home and Everton away. You know, like the Wolves at home, Huddersfield away, Fulham at home. Like, you know, they don't play anyone from, you know, who you'd be looking at finishing in the top six for the like, ten fixtures. So it just shows you what the difficult start they've had to the season. So I think it's it's probably a little bit harsh to judge Newcastle and um, Benitez at this point. Um, and I think that they are definitely keep an eye on them for, for the next ten games. Yeah. The question is, though, chaps, can they keep out the hottest property in the league that is Glenn Murray right now? Oh, God, Glenn Murray. What a season that man is having. He's just doing his thing in front of a goal. 6.6 million. So, to be fair, I think that that's ridiculous considering how many goals Brighton will score. But he's doing it. There's people putting him in. He's on the right. He's already risen once this week. So, people are clearly liking him as that third option of a striker. Iceman, any kind of Brighton options here that you like, Murray or any included? Well, the thing is, uh, last game week, so I brought in Knockart just because I wanted to enable some money to get yeah. Lacazette. And I was really quite hopeful for it because I looked at his numbers before and they were they were pretty solid. But watching Brighton, they just don't look that good. and They, they don't create very much. I know Murray can probably get on the end of some, but not, not, for, not for me, to be honest. Hopefully, oh, you're... Um, Okay, chaps, I think that's probably enough said on the Titans of Newcastle and Brighton for now. Let's go to the all-London all affair, which is West Ham against Spurs. So Harry Kane performing very well for England, if not scoring, but certainly as a, a hitman up front. Uh, West Ham, we've had their fair share of more positive performances recently. Luke, um, if you want to run us through this one, who are you looking at? Well, you know, West Ham, I thought, were really starting to get it together until they until they lost to Brighton in the last game week so uh, you know West Ham you know aren't out of it Arnatovic uh, <laughs> is, is is obviously I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure on injuries in this set, so, so tell me if these players are injured but um, <coughs> Arnatovic and uh, Yarmolenko I really like um, I also like Philippe Handen. Um, those are probably the three I'd think about from West Ham. And I've got Fabianski because he just seems to get so many save points. Because I think the thing is, you know, we had a good, you know, him and, um, uh, you know, Manone, uh, you know, were, were struggling to get into the Arsenal team, but were good goalies. So I think Fabianski is, you know, if you're looking at that 4.5 second goalkeeper slot, um, he's someone worth looking at. And with Spurs, I've had Lucas Moura, um, you know, since the start of the season, and he started to not particularly do a lot. And the same Harry Kane, you know, I, I would I was going to ask you guys. I don't know what to. Do. I bought Harry Kane in last week, and he got me one point, and I captained him. And now I'm thinking 
thinking about getting, getting rid of him straight away for Lacazette. But I don't know, is that me just reacting really quickly because he's he's been a bit rubbish uh, in that last game or is or should I hold on for a little bit longer? Yeah, see, we had some questions on there on Kane and whether to get rid of him straight away. I mean, we have one go straight to Aguero. But uh, Kane is dropping deep again, isn't he? And uh, as assessed on match of the day, he's playing in that deeper role to make the mo- most of Lucas, who you've got, who's blanked in the last four games, which do include against Huddersfield and Cardiff. So Exactly. But the thing is with Kane, you fully expect him to kind of get another 20 goal a season, 20, season. 20 goal, yeah, yeah. season, season. <laughs> and yeah. if you have him, I mean, like, it is the question, would you say, I mean, he is top for shots on target over the last four with 10, mm. which is surprising people. Uh, 13 for the season he's got. And he has scored seven in his last seven Premier League games against West Ham. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like he's going to score one here. But if you're ho- holding any Spurs players, I'll, I'll probably give them this week and then, mm. and then see I'll how it goes. Week. Yeah, I know, but I just don't think, I don't think you should be bringing in anyone from Spurs at all. If you've got Kane, I would actually hold. If, if it was me, from my opinion, I mean, like, you've gone there already. You've, you've trusted your, your instincts and going, I'm going to go for yeah, Kane because yeah. he, you feel like he's going to score. He's not delivered. Can you imagine if you get rid of him now and he scores a hat trick or something? Yeah. You'd be and, I, and that has happened to me in the past. But <laughs> I think as well with him is that if you actually, like, the eye test, Watching match of the day, that the um, the, you know, Spur Harry Kane should have had a penalty uh, off yeah. of Rose yeah. being fouled, and Mora had one cle- cleared off the line. So on another day, you know, it could have it could have gone the other way in that last game. So maybe. Yeah, stats, stats aren't, aren't terrible. Later. So it's, it's, it is a case of yeah, yeah, just don't bring him in. But I, I would say just keep him on one more game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he takes on uh, City after that, and then Wolves away. So both teams where defenders are, are no um, no pushovers by any means. Mm, yeah. mm. But if we can bring it round to to West Ham after game week eleven, West Ham's fixtures are very very juicy. So I feel like maybe you should be get getting them in now. And Arnie seems to be the one which people are going to. Although he did score an international break, he has been sent home because he's playing through this knee injury, and you know you might need to exercise caution with that one. I saw a a good little article, Planet FPL Pod, put up a good little article on this. I advise people to check that out. Arnie himself has said that he has had discomfort in his knee and has not trained Monday and Tuesday, but then is okay on Wednesday. So the injury is kind of being managed by the player and the club to get him on the, on the pitch. But if fit though, you know, Arnie, he again, like Mitrovic, he's their talisman. Eight attempts over the last four. They had some hard games recently. He can score in any game, like he did against Arsenal, United. He scored so far this season and got one assist. So it's pretty good numbers, really. For 7 mil on my wildcard, I do really want to keep him in my team. I'm going to check out that uh, knee injury news and see if anything else comes of it. Check what happens in the presses. But yeah, he, he is definitely the man for them. Yeah, I think as well. I think in another. Um, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think in a. It, I, I think on Outovich is if he if he can keep fit the whole time, he, he's good enough to be in a top six side. Yeah, I think yeah. he's. I think he's. You know, I think he's quality. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, with that. yeah. So Outovich, you know, if he, if he keeps his form and his uh, his fitness up, he could well be. You could see him at a top club next season. Let's move on to Wolves versus Watford. So. What a season the, uh, the the Midlands club are having. Uh, Watford have, I suppose, tailed off in recent weeks. 
Wolves a testament to their uh, performances. Johnny starting for or coming on certainly for playing for Spain yesterday against England. Potential, I, I can really see um, success for Wolves here. I love the look of Jimenez. I think he's probably at that price as bargain a striker as you're going to get this season. Who's going to play every week? He might not have a high point ceiling, but certainly for creating the odd goal or getting the odd goal with the delivery of the likes of Doherty and um, and Jota, etc. Even as an attacking threat, I think he, he's a good option. Luke, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's all about the defenders and the keeper, really. I, I, like, I really like Jimenez at that price. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're looking at your wild card and enabling money for Hazard, etc., yeah. then Jimenez is is definitely someone to have. Um, but I, I, I've got Bennett and Johnny, but I think I'd rather have Doherty and Rui Patricia yeah. <laughs> because Doherty, like it. The thing is, though, is it like I, I, I'm not someone who gets really delved into the stats. You know, I just sort of look at how they do each each week and 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 Johnny seems to be doing almost as well as Doherty but um but you'll probably tell me that he's he's sort of up there with Alonso because because you know but it's I, I was going to ask the question do you think it's it's even worth having three Wolves <laughs> defenders like we, having Patricio and two others we've had that exact question from one of our listeners one of uh night in rusty armors but is it a good idea to triple up on Wolves players and I did look at it and I thought well a lot of tactics you can do, like some points uh, a few seasons ago, you could triple up on the Swansea players and then just have three of their defenders. They're all cheap. They're all getting good stats. And yeah. I think it's a very viable thing to do. They are lowest for big chances conceded with only five at the moment. The defence is where to invest. Four clean sheets in the last five. Mm. Patricio, one of the best low price keepers in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm on wildcard and I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing it with Bennett, Doherty and Patricio. Overall, they are just behind Liverpool and Man City for expected goals against. So, you know, for a team like them where they're very cheap and investable, I would say that free could be a good option. I am thinking about it myself. Yeah, I think um, with that, Iceman, because it's the same mentality you might look at Robertson and Alonso. If you can look at Doherty as like having a, a, a fifth or sixth midfielder in your team, you're less bothered about the clean sheet, although he could certainly get one. Using that mindset, I think it isn't a bad option, especially in this fixture. Patricio has been scoring points consistently. You could get a, a cheap one of their centre-halves. I mean, Bennett's done the job for me week in, week out for a while. Yeah. And Doherty is attacking return. So again, I agree. I think if you were taking a punt, it's not a bad way to go. Yeah, and coming back to the Johnny Doherty the stats, it is, it is Doherty by... Uh, he's just more involved in the game than Johnny. He seemed to go down that right side, and you can obviously see he got the goal in the last game as well. It's just He's higher for goal attempts. He's higher for shots in the box as well. If if you have got the money, I would go dirty. He is in my team. I did choose him over Johnny. Okay. Um, Luke, what about Watford? Anyone from them that you like? Unfortunately, not... Uh, not really anymore they started off where they were looking quite interesting but even I was uh, um, I'm a season ticket holder and even at the Arsenal game that they did all right but I would never I'd never want to have Deeney in my team um, or and and not just because I don't like him as a person but like you know like Gray or Deeney I wouldn't I wouldn't want them in my team Holobas is is too unreliable and too you know likely to get a yellow card so you know I've got Foster but that's only because I had him from the start of the season um, I would much rather have Patricio or some of the other keepers at that price so there's no one really for me at Watford 
Yeah. You've done well to hold on to your wild card so far, then. I know. Well, this is my my wild card is is another question. I don't know if that's for now, but it's. It, it, it's knowing when to use it really because you know usually the second half of the season I do careful planning around double game weeks etc but in the first half of the season I sort of don't know when when's it when's it an emergency when I look at my team and I go well I can put out a really good 11 that I think are going to do great and and have a couple of players that could come in I'm like I don't need to use my wild card now even if I'm looking going oh well I would like to have Doherty oh I would love to have Patricia I don't think I'm in that difficult a position to sort of you know click the click the wild card yeah maybe you need to wait until Spurs hit some form game week 15 they got some good fixtures after that so maybe mm-hmm. that might be the time yeah it's burning a hole in your pocket I can feel it Luke <laughs> so let, let's go to Huddersfield versus Liverpool so Iceman I'll let you kick us off on, on this one yeah so we, we had a few questions regarding Liverpool as uh, everyone would and a lot of people were saying if no Salah or Mo Salah is it Mane or Firmino also, FPL Addict is saying who most probably will score the most points between Mane and Robertson. So, had a few questions regarding Liverpool themselves. We've got a few injuries for them. They've not had a very good international week. They've got Navigator has left the pitch with an injury. He's still holding his fire in the match. So, stretcher wasn't available. So, he had to get a teammate to carry him off. Salah, we all know about this injury. Uh, I think we need to wait for the press conferences with, with these ones. But people are saying it's not as serious as first thought with Salah. So, he should be fit and uh, Mane's broke his thumb and also we had uh, I, I looked at what Ben Dinnery saying on this one and he said the decision on his involvement will be player led so if Mane wants to play he will play and only three players in the Premier League has missed a game with thumb injuries since 2012 and they're all goalkeepers so you know, expect Mane to be okay for Saturday, but a lot of worries there around Liverpool what are your thoughts on Salah Luke where are you at with him well, I sold Salah about uh, four weeks ago, and I don't regret it because mm-hmm. I think I think it's quite easy to sort of these XG stat that everyone gets so excited about. But I think if a player's off form, it doesn't matter if he's getting good chances and he's, he's expected to score them if he isn't scoring them. Um, I think if you've got him, like if you've kept on to him for this long, you're not going to get rid of him before their next two fixtures, um, which are what they're Huddersfield and. Cardiff. They got after that Cardiff. You know, you're not you're going to keep hold of them now. You might as well. They're, they're, but you know, I'm pleased that I got I got rid four weeks ago because at that price, that he has to be doing more. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the argument here. It's just that these these fixtures coming up: Cardiff, uh, Huddersfield, and they've also got Fulham after the Arsenal game. But form is a thing, and he's only got the one goal over the last four, Salah. But like you say, the under, underlying stats are still great. But I did, I watched his efforts against City and they were just kind of woeful for a player like him I mean he does have the highest XG of all the players at the moment but some people are saying that Klopp could rest him I don't see it if he is fit and I have a feeling he will be I feel like he will play they need to they need to still win in the Premier League and he is a massive clog in their attack and I do think he will play what are your thoughts Billy? well um, yeah I'm just I'm just not sure about this injury Again, if you're waiting on that, like you said, I'd wait for the press conferences. I think if you've got him, I certainly wouldn't ditch him, though. Wouldn't rush to get him out. I agree with you, Iceman. All the stats are with him. And he is getting in the position. So the thing we mustn't forget is he had that amazing season last year. 
there were games where he didn't score. There were a couple of game runs where he didn't score. So it doesn't mean to say he's gone to pot. It's just our expectation is him to score every week, and he's not doing that at the moment, but he's still performing. And just if I could add Iceman to that, I, I think with the, the mini-injury to Mane, so to speak, I, I would say Firmino might be one to look at. Yeah, see, I have seen people looking at him. He's just not been performing that well up until now. He does obviously drop deep from that formation. Blanked in the last three, I suppose Salah has as well. It's, it's, a just, it's just that run of games, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's that run of games, you know, in form against fixtures type thing. You just know that Liverpool can always always yeah. score and they can always kick off at some point. Uh, they do have Muna out as well for a month, so a lot of injuries amongst them. And he's Milner's been very vital for for them. Yeah. Um. But you know, look, I wish I had a Mane or a Salah for these next couple of fixtures. But it's it. I'm I I just took them out four weeks ago, and I, I'm not going to be bringing them in when I, they're not particularly on form. Mm. I think we we need to have a quick discussion regarding uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. He got benched in the last game, obviously for tactical reasons, probably couldn't handle the City attack, but. Is he still an option? 5.2 now. What are your thoughts on him, Luke? Well, I think with Trent, now Lovren's back, it's a worry because if if, if Gomez is going to be pushed out to play uh, as the fullback, um, and Lovren coming in at centre-back, I wouldn't want to be bringing in a player that uh, with Trent Alexander-Arnold that might get rotated. And I think a lot of people have got Robertson. I've got Robertson. I'm not going to double up, potentially, with Liverpool, with a player that might uh, that likely to get rotated. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm, t- I'm tempted on on wild card with him. Not quite sure on that one. Chaps, anyone else to add on Huddersfield Liverpool? I think we've we'll just have a quick word on Huddersfield. Just they are getting better as a team. No players from them, but they're now averaging ten point two shots conceded over the last four. Whereas uh, the four before they four before they were conceding seventeen point five, and they're also their minutes per big chance conceded is up to sixty minutes from thirty minutes before. So as a team, they are improving. You visually see that against Spurs when they played. They played quite well against them. Only other point to note is Billing has a knock so that's going to scare everyone so a nice pat on the back from the Iceman there to Huddersfield <laughs> lovely <laughs> statistical pat on the back yeah. um, I'm going to move us to the other part of Merseyside uh, Everton take on Palace now I was really excited by Everton in this last um, fixture that they played they've got now they're playing Bernard they've got Richarlison potentially pushing up top You've got Siggy, who's in his old FPL form, and Walcott still appears a threat on the right-hand side. Luke, which way are you going when it comes to Everton, if you you are going there? I haven't got any at the moment. Uh, I have Richarlison at the start of the season, but I've not brought him back in. But I think at the moment I'd go Sigurdsson. I think his value uh, is the reason that I would go for him. Um, uh, I, I thought about this the other day. I'm now going to double check his value. Uh, where is it? Yeah, seven point four. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he's he's worth more than that, and he's so lethal from free kicks. Uh, I think I would go I would go for Sigurdsson. But, the, but Richarlison has had such a good start to the season. They do create a lot of chances, and um, and, and Richarlison is um, Silver's. He's his boy. So you know, it, it's between those two for me. Yeah, in terms of, for me, I just think where Richarlison we now know has the, there's the option of pulling him up front. Siggy's in great form. I just feel like over the, and like you say, he is, he's been signed for 50 million. So there's no way they're not going to play 
Richarlison again he's played for Brazil tonight mm. I just feel like at 6.8 he is slightly better value given his potential to to play up front and I'm not sure how long Siggy will sustain this. I'm, I'm not sure if him changing position to up front is actually good for him. He only got the one shot, the one goal in the last game. Obviously, that's good, but and he's going to be in, in and amongst it. But whether that would change the dynamic of how he plays and in a negative way, I'm not sure. But Siggy seems to be going back to norm. I do think there's a good argument between those two, but for the value type, I'm, I'm on Charleston. I'm back on him, and I, I'm hoping for more points for him. Okay. Would um, you get rid of Lucas Moura for Richarlison? Oh, I suppose that depends on the team, what you've got going on, and whether you're going to make other decisions. But I would, yeah, mm. yeah. If, if, if I, had to, I mean, I've got Lucas Moura still, but um, if, if you asked me to get rid of one, it would be Moura at the moment. Mm. Right. Okay. Now, how about Palace? Because they've offered some decent defensive options this season. Zaha. Um, there's questions over his fitness. Just seen with that, looking on Ben Dinnery's channel. Do you like anyone from Palace at the moment, Luke? No, not really. I I I, I like Zaha, and you know I've got one Basako, and I'm not going to be getting rid of him because you know his price. If yeah. he's worth having in your team, because you can't just have you can't have five Wolves defenders. But other than those two, no, no. Okay, Iceman. Yeah, same boat. I mean, the midfield create nothing. Zaha is the only place to go. And I have heard he is injured now. So aggravating a niggling groin injury away on international duty. Um, I also heard a really weird stat on Statsbomb podcast. No goals have been scored by them within the uh, width of the sixth yard box. The width? Yeah, as in like they've Excellent. not, they've scored outside the width of that. That's very strange. And their fixtures going forward oh, terrible, aren't they? are Everton, Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, United. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> right then. Well, lads, um, it's as if they knew that uh, Luke was coming on because we've saved the cream for last. It is, of course, Leicester City. No, not really. Um, Luke, it's your <laughs> beloved Arsenal uh, playing in the Yay. Monday fixture. Finally, I get value from my Sky subscription. After watching Newcastle nearly constantly as they rip it now, that's a rant, isn't it? <laughs> Arsenal versus Leicester. We're in form. We've won nine games. I can't believe it. Who do you like from the Arsenal? Surely there's someone who must be worth having for this game week. Well, I think, you know, for a while it was sort of worth weighing up to see if Lacazette really was going to keep the form going forward. But I, I'd say Lacazette is almost is getting to be, be a must-have. He's in that, that good a form. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should have a Bamiyang. I, I, I think for for being 1.1 million more expensive than Lacazette, and when you what you know from going to the the games, he he plays out on the left, and he's not going to get those amount of the same amount of points as Lacazette is, and he he's he's doing a great job for the team, but I, I it's Lacazette all the way. And I think it's also worth looking at Leno because uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, I don't at four point eight. I don't think Czech's going to get back in now because I think Leno's looked really comfortable there, and he can pass out from the back, which is what Emery wants to do. And four point eight in a top six defense is is worth thinking about. But yeah. our, our defense is still really ropey, though. Shite. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So that's the thing. Do you really want to put your money there when you can go Patricio with a? A good defence. No, that is that is a very good point. I just get excited when I see a, a top six yeah, goalkeeper really, at that really kind of price. Cheap, yeah. But you're right. 
Well, our defence is, is is pretty shocking, and I think Socrates might have got an injury. He did. Yeah. Um, so injury. you know, and he's probably been our best uh, centre. Well, one of our only centre backs we've got, but definitely Lacazette. And the, the good thing, supporting Iceman, I know you're going to come in there. The, the nice thing about Lacazette is that he literally cannot buy a French cap. Giroud is the preferred striker there. They've literally not really got any other out and out forwards. So neglected by the French team, leaving him nicely rested over the last few weeks. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I, I just think he's he's in really good form, and Arsenal's fixtures are, are still pretty good. And uh, you know, Lacazette seems to only need one chance. So I, I'm Lacazette all the way. I'm, I'm even considering getting rid of Kane for Lacazette. Yeah, he is, he is playing with confidence as well. He's, he's been there years, friends with Aubameyang. Kind of mm-hmm. looks happy. Arsenal as a team kind of look happier as well. But I had a look at this and I brought in Lacazette last week because I, I just, you, you know, he just knows he's going to score against Fulham. And he's mm-hmm. had attacking returns for like for the last six game weeks so far. So that is really good. I'm just not sure whether it's sustainable. Uh, I mean, like, the stats for Arsenal aren't great. And I saw an article, again, by uh, Statsbomb. I've mentioned them twice now. But showing that Arsenal's expected... I know you say you don't like expected goals, but expected goal difference so far is zero. So they're doing really well for their game so far. So, go on. But what I will say to that is that, you know, at the Everton game, uh, the home game, yeah, we we didn't deserve a 2-0 win. And the... Watford game, I think we did just about deserve the win, but probably not a 2-0 win. But Fulham, we were unbelievable. Mm. And we've got better and better and better. So yeah. I, I, I agree that I think if it were, if, if that, if you didn't put that Fulham game in there and probably not the Watford game, then I'd sort of agree that it probably isn't sustainable. But we keep getting better and better and better. And as, and, and so I just think Lacazette, it, I don't think there's an argument against having him compared to the strikers that there are. Uh, I, I I think if you're on a wild card, definitely have him in your team. Yeah, first two games we lost, and then it was the next six which we won. But a lot of them could have gone either way. And like you say, yeah. do do think we have been improving? I took a quick look because I was I was looking at this expected goals thing, and the teams that win the league have uh, always performed better than their expected goals. And Arsenal were like oh, there plus, you go. plus nine over their expected goals at the moment. Mo- moving back to Lacazette, it was two shots and two goals. Mm. he got it's the mood and how it's going at the moment it is very investable I can see why a lot of people are doing it nine wins on the, on the trot I haven't done that for years since 2013 mm. um, and you know as I mentioned earlier, Arsenal's third goal—that was just amazing. Was just but that, that, that that thing with two two shots, two goals, and I know it's it's always a thing that's brought up as a as a, that is not sustainable. But you, would you rather have Wilson, who need you know has missed eight out of his ten big chances, or would you rather have Lacazette? It was just yeah. lethal, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's very true. Justin Dye asked a question: Should we should talk about Lacazette because he's a fucking beast and has returned <laughs> turned every game week since game week three, which is true. Um, a lot of people are wondering about the team on the other side, Vardy, and whether or not to bring Vardy in over Lacazette. You guys sound very much in the uh, Lacazette camp, and I have considered Vardy due to their fixtures coming up because Arsenal's fixtures coming up they do stiffen up a little bit. They, I mean, we've got Liverpool after this game against Le- Leicester oh no we don't sorry we've got uh, Crystal Palace after this game against Leicester then it's Liverpool then Wolves and then we've got Bournemouth in between that with uh, Spurs and United so mm. they're not exactly the best fixtures and you know we lost the first two against decent teams we haven't played anyone that 
good up until now. I mean, it was, if you're looking at the record, it's West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Fulham. You know, they're all teams which were expected to beat, really. I know it is looking better, and against Fulham it really did, but again, it's against Fulham which got the worst defensive record in the league. So, I don't, there's part of me which is wanting to stay away, and on my wildcard, I'm considering no Arsenal at the moment. I think Lacazette well, is capable again of scoring in those games even if even if we lose to Liverpool it's always high scoring yeah I still think I that you know and actually when you look at those fixtures definitely don't go anywhere near Leno <laughs> but like <laughs> uh, you know because we're not going to be keeping many clean sheets but I I you know even if we're even if Arsenal are losing games 3-2 um which they're very likely to do um in those big games you know Lacazette could be the one that's scoring both of those goals yeah um and so yeah I I don't think the fixtures wouldn't put me off too much from Lacazette but it would definitely put me off probably anyone else in the team so it becomes the question of Vardy versus Lacazette. I've got two words for that: point ceiling. Um, and I just think Lacazette now he's in a bit of form. He he is the sort that will get multiple strikes, maybe an assist. I think Vardy is a seems to be a goal a game type man. So consistency is very good. But if you if you split between the two, I'd go um, Lacazette. And I also agree. I think he's got goals in him against bigger clubs as well. He was a top striker when he signed for us. He had the injury. He's got his confidence back. He's playing regularly. I think this is someone to be taken seriously. So he, he's in for me at the moment. Hmm. Anyone else to add on, on Leicester, chaps? You mentioned Vardy. We've got the Morrisons. We've got the Maguires of this world. Iceman, you touched on Maguire earlier. Uh, yeah, Luke, do you want to go first on this one? I was just going to say Madison and, and Maguire are both players. You know, but I, I think it's Maguire's got really uh, has been playing well and has got good stats. But I just don't see that Leicester are going to be keeping many clean sheets. But then maybe now Morgan's not playing; that they're more likely <laughs> yeah. to keep a clean sheet. But yeah. Madison is a really exciting player, and, and now Mares isn't isn't there. Um, he seems to be their main sort of creative force going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean Madison, I probably even go towards Madison over Vardy I know he's midfield but if I was going to pick a Leicester player it probably would be Madison yeah he got the England call up Madison still pulling the strings there at Leicester isn't he but he, he is actually top for chances created over the last four but only four shots on target though with Madison he doesn't take he's more of a, a creator isn't he more of a, an Ericsson type player which people have been touting out it's I, I think the Vardy argument is there he should have had a few against Everton and yeah he can't be so lethal but like you say it is the point ceiling it's just their fixtures coming up after this Arsenal game they've got West Ham Cardiff Burnley Brighton Brighton, Watford, Fulham. Like, that almost doesn't seem like you, you can get better fixtures than that. And those times, you, you need to invest in these players. And going from their defence, you, you were chatting about their defence, and defensively, they haven't looked too too good. They have kept only two clean sheets so far this season, but they are actually fourth lowest for expected goals against so far this season. And that's behind Man City, Liverpool, Wolves. Yeah, they've mm. got some of the best fixtures coming up. Maguire and Pereira have been in my thoughts on my wild card. As mentioned earlier, uh, Maguire highest for shots on goal for the last four for defenders. Pereira scores a great attacking goal. He he is an option for them. He's playing as, as a winger again, so that pleases you, Billy. Overall for defenders, joint third for touches in the opposition box and joint four for assists. So... Yeah, it's whether or not he's going to keep his place, Pereira, as well. He's at 5.1 at the moment. He is someone I'm considering, but like you say, Morgan out, maybe they are going to keep some more clean sheets. But I, th- Maguire, I think Maguire at 5.5 is too expensive. You know, I think if you're bringing in a 5.5 player, they've either got to be flying forward 
or you know on as a fullback and and putting in loads of crosses yeah, or job. likely to keep a clean sheet and and I think at 5.5 is too rich for my blood <laughs> yeah I think I agree with that okay well I think that's all of the fixtures chaps so um we're now going to take a break for the Iceman's pee thank you Welcome back to the Ice Man. Let's sum up then. So, uh, fixture by fixture. Chelsea taking on United. We love Hazard. We like Alonso. We fancy Kepa and Louise could be an option. Sure, we discussed from United. Bournemouth versus Saints. Fraser, Wilson and King, Brooks. And keep your eye on the returning god that is Stanislas. Southampton, we talked a bit about Hoiberg as an enabler. And maybe some value still in Ings. Cardiff versus Fulham. The Iceman likes Morrison, but nobody else does. Uh, Mitrovic and Scherler were discussed for Fulham. For City, we were talking Sterling certainly has value now. Aguero, uh, Laporte and Mendy. Uh, And then from Burnley's perspective, no one for this week, but keep your eye on Goodmanson. Newcastle take on Brighton, where we spoke about the likes of Yedlin and Knockart. And with West Ham versus Spurs, Fabianski has looked good all season. Arnie as well. And then from Spurs, keep the faith in Kane for now. Otherwise, though, we're not really going there. Wolves versus Watford. Wolves, absolutely great value at the moment. Doherty, Jimenez, Patricio, maybe another Wolves defender. Um, No one from Watford. Huddersfield, we ignored. Um, And Liverpool, we talked about the issue of Salah, Robertson and Firmino potentially with the uh, games they've got coming up. Everton take on Palace, and it's the case of Richarlison versus Siggy. Toss a coin on those two. And with Palace, as usual, Wan-Bissaka is great value in their back line. Uh, finally, Arsenal take on Leicester. Leno could be a cheap option as a top-six goalkeeper, although beware the fixtures in Arsenal's flailing defence. And we're all um, singing the praises of Lacazette over Aubameyang. Uh, from a Leicester perspective, Vardy has a decent run ahead of him. Madison has also looked very good, and Pereira is great value if he keeps playing on the right-hand side. A nice sum-up. Lovely. Right, let's talk about transfers and captains. So, Luke, the guest, who are you going to transfer this week? Who is your skipper? Um, at the moment, I'm skippering Aguero against Burnley at home, uh, and I'm just thinking about whether to take out Bernardo Silva um, and maybe bring in... Richarlison mm-hmm. um, so that's what I'm looking at sensible move okay Iceman uh, I'm on wild card so making loads all of the, transfers all um, the but my captain is going on the uh, pole leader Aguero anytime goal scorer odds of 0.44 and behind him is Kane then Salah then Hazard so it's yeah. uh, all on Aguero for me yeah, the captain issue for me, I'm, I'm I'm split between three here. I've got Aguero versus Burnley. My other option is Hazard against United with the form he's in. And also, I'm surprised nobody's thinking Lacazette against Leicester. I'm really on a merry-go-round, but it keeps changing at the moment. At the moment, it's on Lacazette. Ooh, dangerous. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to do Hazard against United, because I don't think many people will do that because yeah. of the name of Man United. But I'd love to, uh, I'd love to do that, but I don't know if I'm brave enough. 
Yeah, I, I'm just tempted because again, I'm I'm further behind. I'm not massively behind in terms of my mini league, but if if I did that and it came off, it could be massive. Equally, if the world goes to Aguero and he goes big against Burnley, I've been stung by him before, so um, I might bottle it and end up on Sergio come Friday night. <laughs> Um, my transfer, well, this week I've brought in Lacazette and Richarlison. Oh, nice. Lovely. Sure. Um, Iceman, let's talk about social media. What are the questions we've got? Yeah, so we did have a lot of questions, so apologies to some of our listeners, but we're not going to be able to get through them all. So we're going to go from one here from FPL Sexy. So it's saying, not a question, maybe it is, what's your opinions on defence and rotation-heavy teams coming into Christmas? What's your plans, Eagle Beaks? <laughs> are you dropping off premium rotatable defenders, mids to more nailed ones? discuss something to look at or not so it does raise a good point there uh, with City and Liverpool most likely to rotate what are your thoughts on on these players and maybe it's too much thinking now too far ahead what are your thoughts Luke um, I, I think is the value of having a good bench would be my answer to this because it's like you can't you can never predict who's going to be rotating more than another team but just make sure you've got enough players that can come in because i see too many people who usually people have not been playing that long who just have players that are the cheapest they could possibly find to have more money on the field but you always need those bench players so just just have a bench that is going to play yeah i agree with that and buddy thoughts on this one i'm just looking at a few of the because i think that that's right isn't it the the teams that don't have the luxury of a nice international squad like your cities, like your Chelsea's, like your, your Liverpool's, you're looking who's performing well. So if Wolves are still keeping clean sheets, you might have a few of them in because they're not realistically going to change an awful lot. Mm. The only downside for Wolves over that period is they have a couple of good fixtures, but they also have Chelsea and Liverpool during that time. So I think I will probably keep one or two top defenders in, but put a few bankers in fixture or not just to get the 90 minutes out of them yeah and like uh, Luke says having a good bench does help and I think the, the two players you're going to have there are probably Mendy uh, or Laporte and uh, Robertson or DAA or someone like that that's where you're going to be floating around and if you have got a good bench then you know, you've got to cover it there if you are on wildcard like me and it is a hard decision I mean like it's whether to go for two premiums or three premiums is, is the key here and I think that Doherty does kind of allow for just having two so I, I feel like maybe just the two premiums in terms of maybe a, a Chelsea and a Liverpool yeah just a couple of quick ones here so we've got one here from Knight and Rusty Armour saying Kane, Aguero or Lacazette he can only afford one Bully which one would you have out of those three if you had to oh, only Sergio. choose one still, still Sergio, Sergio. I, I think he could play any one and be a threat so yeah, yeah. Luke yeah, it's Aguero. I, I think he's strangely sort of underrated as a Premier League striker. I think he's one of, if not the best striker the Premier League's ever had. Mm. I think Aguero has to be out of those three. Over Henri. What's, where's I, it's, your it's allegiance? It's difficult, isn't it? Because, eh? But we look back with <laughs> rose-tinted glasses or, yeah, exactly. or, 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 always when we look back. I mean, I, obviously, I love Jerry, but, you know, Aguero, he's, just, he's done it for so long now 
and won so many titles for them. Like, you know, I'd still pick uh, Omri above him, but Aguero, <laughs> out of those three, it's got to be Aguero. Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. We've also got one here from uh, Hi Guys, who to start, Alonso, Madison, or Frazier? Which one out of those three would you start, Luke, putting you on the spot? What was it? Alonso, Fraser, and Madison. Madison. I would start Alonso. Yeah. Against United. Yeah, because I think Fraser is still might be injured. So, and Madison, I wouldn't be starting Madison against Arsenal particularly. So, I think Alonso against against Man United. Yeah, I agree with that, Bully. I'd love to know who else he's got if, he, if he's thinking about. I know. I'd start all three. Well. It's a lot of luxury, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. If, Fraser's fit against Southampton, fill your boots. But um, if you put me on the spot, yeah, Alonso, consistent. I think he could pop up at any moment. And United aren't exactly strong at at full-back. So, yeah, Alonso. Okay, and we've got one here, FPL Sup, last one. So uh, he's got two options after game week nine. He's got uh, Zaha to Laka or Zaha to Arnie. And option one means that he has to rely on the same 11 with a thin bench. So Zaha to Zaka just means that he has to go with the 11 he's got. But Zaha to Arnie means that he could upgrade one of his 4.5 mids to Richarlson or Madison. So what are your thoughts on that, Luke? I, I think we discussed earlier about uh, Arnautovic sort of having a slight knee problem and he, do- he doesn't seem to ever remain fully fit for a, a good number of games. So that's why I would go Lacazette. I know that saying he lives in a flimsy bench, but Lacazette is is lethal at the moment. So I, I'd, I'd go for Lacazette if you can do that without doing a, a hit. Then that's a really good move. Yeah, um, and Billy. Yeah, I agree. I think the the informed striker is Lacazette, um, and we never know what's quite going on with, with not just on Altus but West Ham. How because mm. it really depends on the service to him. Whereas Arsenal. Dare I say, a little bit more consistent at the moment. So I think Lacazette is your safer short-term bet. Oh, I'm going to go against both of you and go for the safer option of Arnie, knowing that uh, I have a feeling he's going to start either way. And also having an extra option on that bench does just give you a safer all-round team option. Yeah. It's not like you to go with the wrong option, I suppose. Yeah, that's it for Twitter. So thanks for all your questions, guys. Really appreciate them. Apologies again for ones we haven't uh, got to. Right. Well, what I'm going to do, Iceman, is talk about what's in the feedback box. And this is this is from Paul Mullins. So he's said, uh, great podcast, gents. Thanks for addressing my free hit dilemma. Very good responses and a very unproductive hour in work for me when listening. Paul, of course, um, to not get him in trouble, was talking about his lunch hour, I presume. <laughs> Um, which was unproductive for him. But thank you, Paul, for the feedback. Uh, appreciate you listening. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Okay, no, Iceman, I think it's time for some sexy thoughts. Yes, it is. And here is sexy thoughts. If you're sexy, sexy thoughts. Sexy thoughts this week goes out to the Australian football team, who under new coach Graham Arnold, the old Sydney FC coach, won 4 new in Kuwait. That wasn't a sexy thing. The sexy thing was the amount of refugees that played, refugees from Sudanese countries and so on. Uh, guys that faced a lot of hardships before they come over here and faced a few when they got over to Australia anyway. So it's great to get to see them get their comeuppance and uh, hope to see more of it in the future. Good on you, Socceroos. So it was just bigging up the Socceroos there where uh, a lot of refugees have, have joined their team. So just promoting equality. So yeah, respect for that, Sexy. 
top man. Yeah, it, it started with a bit of a spoof feature, but the last few weeks he really has become very uh, sort of inclusive and in, in human rights and raising awareness. So great stuff. I'm loving this feature. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Right, um, chaps, that brings us to the end of uh, a podcast. I've certainly really enjoyed this today. Luke, it's been great having you on. Thank you very much. Let me uh, let me let me address you the the last question which we did uh, have. Okay. So we had one here, uh, two guys, one cup podcast, FPL podcast, saying I absolutely love you. You're hilarious. So, a question for you is: Who's your favourite footballer to impersonate? Uh, well, I don't do loads of footballers. You know, I, I was, obviously during the World Cup, you know, I was playing a little bit of Harry Kane, <laughs> the way he talks is amazing. I love him as a, you know, as a captain of England, fantastic player. Um, but, but for me, like, you know, I still really like doing, uh, you know, people like Roy Hodgson, you know, he's got such a fantastic voice. You know, he's doing, really, you know, he did a good job with Palace last year. Hopefully, be able to improve um, and you know also people like you know it's a shame Harry Redknapp you know he's not around so much anymore you know he does a little bit talk sport a little bit on you know BT sport but you know he's a fantastic you know he's a fantastic manager and a fantastic you know terrific terrific guy you know so anyway it's been fantastic being on the FPL podcast FPL surgery send me a beer Matt and I'll speak to you soon thank you very much uh, can, you, can you please finish with the man the god uh, yes, of course. Uh, well, actually, uh, right in front of me on my desk, I have a little Arsene bobblehead. Uh, um, and uh, yes, he's a, it's a top top podcast, the best podcast I listen to. And uh, look, I've almost signed the Iceman to play for Arsenal, but uh, it's a little bit too expensive. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You've been great. No worries, man. No, um, just one more question, Luke. So if people want to follow your career or all things you, where, where do they go? Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter, at Luke Kempner. It's the same on Instagram and, and Facebook. It's all at Luke Kempner. I have a website, which is just LukeKempner.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah, come and check me out. I've got a gig coming this Thursday in London, um, which is in King's Cross. Uh, we've got Ian Sterling, the voice of Love Island, as well as some other top acts, and it's only five quid. Come along. It'll be a good laugh. Top man, yeah. I know me and I spend more or less certainly plan to get to one of those at some point, maybe on your tour next year. Yeah, definitely. Love to have you boys. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. Love it. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, Iceman, I'm just going to tell people how they can get in contact. I'm presuming there's no more from you, sir. Uh, no, no, I'm done. You're done. <laughs> he, he's spent, he's talked out. So, um, yeah, just a few final points from us. So, if you want to follow the FPL surgery, fplsurgery.com uh, don't forget the rebrand recently so in terms of Twitter we are now at FPL Surgery join the mini league 225-369 uh, if you want to help support the pod like I spoke about earlier get involved with our patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery anything you can contribute to support the pod um, helps us to, to grow it and do even more for um, our loyal listeners get involved with competitions and the extra information that comes from being part of that if you want to follow us you can do so on itunes on soundcloud leave a review on, on itunes if you do listen any any good and bad feedback is welcomed and uh we've got info at fplsurgery.com if you'd like to pop us an email maybe share your frustrations of the day at work with the ice man and myself uh if that if that becomes an issue <laughs> Yeah, the Iceman wants more hate mail. So, okay, um, Iceman, any final thoughts for our listeners? Any wisdom? No, I don't think there's ever been any wisdom from me. No, no, nothing for the, the coming week or? Yeah, not really. 
No. Um, we haven't got anything for Ice Mandia this week, so we will uh, we'll get back to that feature. <laughs> oh, good. Can that one? Yeah. Well, we'll curb that one just for this week, but it will be back. But uh, from all of us here at the FPL Surgery, thanks for listening. Look out for our next podcast, Finding Extra Time, and good luck in your game weeks. the pod uh hello my name is luke kempner and i love the Iceman. man <laughs>